Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything tabletop role-playing games. Today, we are venturing into the outer plane of Acheron. One, two, three, four. Welcome, adventurers, to the Dungeon Cast. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How you doing today? Hey, Will. Uh, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where are we going today? We're, We're going to a place, I see. We are going to a place, one of the outer planes, Acheron. So, so far this year, we have been spending our time in one of the most chaotic places in the cosmos, the elemental chaos, and covering one of the most chaotic entities as well in Imix. Um, well, it's time to get super lawful here on the Dungeon Cast, and maybe just a little bit evil. We are headed for the infinite battlefield of Acheron. Out of the Chouse and into the Asheron. Indeed. Um, now, this isn't our first time here. Long ago, we ventured deep within the bowels of Klangor in our infamous Maglubiet episode. And I must tell you all that, yes, we have to make a pit stop there again today, unfortunately. Gross. Um, but Maglubiet's Shetrang <laughs> won't be our primary focus today, uh, but merely one of the many locations brimming with entities, both brutal and regimented. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. Oh, I would like to ado just a little let's bit. Let's ado a little Talk bit. about Uranus. Okay, let's. Because <laughs> there's a James Webb Space Telescope took a picture of Uranus. That had like a lot more rings than I thought. Shet, oh, yeah. Shet rings. <laughs> now, without further ado. Without, all right, hold on. Let's talk about Shet Rang. Um, <laughs> guys, no, no. There's this phenomenon that I've noticed that's occurring is every time we discover, not every time, but there's been a couple times where we come across some lore that just has a bad name. Uh-huh. Like Shetrang. I mean, a great name, but a bad name. There's Shetrang. There was the Aster Eater. There's Ball Spawn. But oh, that yeah. one they're not shying away from. They're still leaning into the Ball Spawn. Which leaning into the balls. Bad idea. But the Aster Eater has been renamed into the eye monger. We know this. Well, it doesn't have all this fucking huge amount of lore connected to it. You don't have to, like, retcon everything. Right. Well, I've noticed that it it, it is really difficult to find anything on Shetrang anywhere online. <laughs> <laughs> The only place where I could still dig it up was in the 3.5 manual, manual of the planes. Everywhere else in 5e stuff or even on any Wikipedia that you could look up with sources, no, not even a single mention of Shetrang. 
They they are trying to erase it. I'm telling you, they're trying to erase it. They're trying to erase your shit ring. They're trying to erase the shit ring. I hope you did all those Google searches on in, in incognito mode. You know it. The infinite battlefield of Acheron is an outer plane in the Great Wheel cosmology model representing al alignments between lawful evil and lawful neutral with an em emphasis on law. Acheron is the bridge between the ultimate order of Nirvana, also known as Mechanus, um, and the regimented evil of the Nine Hells. And as such, each layer emphasizes order over evil. It is where ignorant armies clash by night. It is the refuse plane of a million failed rebellions. It is a plane of enforced order where conformity is more important than good. The hue and cry of battle is the first sound a soldier hears when arriving on Acheron and the last sound a refugee hears when leaving. This is the heart of what Acheron is, conflict, war, strife, and struggle. Many armies populate Acheron, but leaders are scarce. Truly, rebels without a cause are common on Acheron, whether they're petitioners, mortals, fiends, or celestials. What the hell? What is this? It's, it's one of the lower planes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Acheron has four layers. The land masses on each layer are metallic blocks of geometric simplicity, the size of nations floating in a sea of air. So it's big floating blocks everywhere. We isn't that like Mechanus? It's like big floating gears everywhere. Right. Yeah. That's also a neutral plane, huh? Yeah. Uh, it's the plane right above this one. It's the lane, plane of pure law. Neutral planes, floaty stuff. Got it. Gotcha. Yeah. These land masses are referred to as cubes, though they are not always cube in shape. Sometimes the cubes of Acheron collide, and echoes of past collisions linger throughout the plane, mingling with the ring of a sword on sword as armies clash across the faces of the cubes. Sheesh. Acheron hosts many deities, including Weejas, the deity of death and magic, Grumsh, the god of orcs, Maglubiet, the goblin deity, Bane, god of strife, hatred, and tyranny, and Hextor, deity of tyranny and self-proclaimed champion of evil. I like the names of all these things. <laughs> I do, too. pretty good. I do, too. The cubes that make up each of the four layers of Acheron are pitted and scarred with cracks and dents from their many collisions and craters from their many battles. On the orderly plane of Acheron, the cubes always rust or fracture along straight lines and at right angles. Um, some of the cubes are only a few hundred feet on a side, but others are big enough for whole cities and kingdoms. Geometric shapes other than cubes exist, though they are rare. The plane is lighted by a gray fluctuating illumination that varies slightly between bright moonlight and a dark cloudy day. Hmm. It's a few hundred meters for anybody curious about how many a few hundred feet is. A few dozen meters. For sure. To say. <laughs> okay. The dance of the blocks of Acheron is meticulous and orderly in its own violent way, and creatures of high intelligence can usually discern a pattern for an area by studying the motions. It is said that gravity pulls toward the center of the blocks, but in practical terms, gravity pulls perpendicularly to each face. The difference being, like, if it pulled to the center, it would just, every block would inevitably become a sphere. Yeah, okay. So you can walk on the surface, like, yeah. without feeling weird mm. oh gravity's a strange thing it is yes renegade armies filled with every sort of creature wander the faces of acheron looking for enemy forces to fight however mutiny or madness soon bring down even the strongest military leader leaving most armies without a true objective other than the destruction of other renegade armies sometimes armies of undead or constructs last longer because they're able to mindlessly fulfill their last orders Armies that have not gone completely mad may still seek a goal, such as the defense of a realm, the procurement of provisions, the overthrow of an imposter king, or any of a hundred other causes. This episode is making me not want to do fantasy physics. 
Oh, yeah? <laughs> confusing. Deserters and petitioners make up many of the renegade armies on Acheron. If soldiers have killed others for a cause they do not believe and killed happily, they might wind up as petitioners on Acheron. Particularly, rabid revolutionaries and terrorists slain on the material plane also find their way to Acheron, often as leaders of the roving armies. The renegade commanders cannot rest until they are finally slain and their essence merges with the plane itself. So they just die and go to where they are? Yeah, they, they die, they come to here, and they fight for eternity until they eventually melt into the planet. Die again? Yeah. Weird. Un yeah. Unfortunately, because most of those causes uh, were unimportant on the plane far from Akron, even the most steadfast armies soon lose focus and go renegade. Um, a Carii, a race of evil birds that look like giant quadrupedal kiwis, devils, imps, fomorians, rakshasas, dragons, and, uh, and yugulus also inhabit Akron. Rakshasa clans rule several hidden cubes throughout Akron, all cloaked by powerful illusions. Clockwork creatures from Mechanis keep a few hidden mining colonies scattered throughout the two lowest layers of Acheron. Okay. I'm going to take a stab at that name. Akairai. 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 Akira. Akirai is what I get from that, but Akairai. Akirai? Akirai, yeah. Yeah. A race of evil birds. That look, you know what a kiwi looks like? Uh, the bird kiwi? Yeah, yeah. With the little feet? Yeah, the yeah. round belly? It looks like those, but with four long legs and huge. Four long legs and huge. Yeah. So cute and terrifying at the same yes, time. Yes, very much so, yeah. <laughs> I hate birds. I know. I As forget. a general I, rule. Dude, this is the plane of birds, by the way, because finally Akron holds enormous flocks of birds. Oh, my God. Fuck this place. <laughs> Ravens, vultures, gulls, bloodhawks, and swallows tumble on the wind. Um, sated on the carnage of many battles. I hate this place on principle. You do. I also hate this place for the way I know it smells. Oh, you know it smells. You know it fucking you know stinks. You know that bird is shitting, <laughs> and then it's finding the local cube. The shit is finding the local cube and just like changing direction to adhere to the gravity of that face. Yep, yep, yep. Gross. Yeah, for for new time listeners, uh, Brian <laughs> legitimately hates birds. I do hate birds. Typically, like generally speaking, they're disgusting. They're the most disgusting creatures on the planet. Moving on. The 5e Dungeon Master's Guide has a fun optional rule for player characters adventuring on the plane of Acheron. I'm also jealous of birds because they can fly. I mean, yeah, that's Fuckers. yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I like dinosaurs, and birds are dinosaurs. Mm, I don't have to deal with dinosaurs. That's true. Dinosaurs don't shit on my car. I mean, they do. <laughs> they do. I guess. They're ancestors. Optional rule. Bloodlust. Mm. <laughs> Acheron rewards a creature for harming other creatures by imbuing that creature with the strength to keep fighting. While on Acheron, a creature gains temporary hit points equal to half its maximum uh, point, their hit point maximum, whenever it reduces a hostile creature to zero hit points. Um, that's fun, but also, like, in actual combat, if you run it, it's like, well, your players are probably just going to become invincible, right? Every time they kill something they get a shit ton of, of temporary hit points and you know if you're balancing things normally like your your mobs are never going to kill them to benefit from the same thing so i i don't know it, it's fun on paper that'd be difficult to balance that's brian the bird killer he's got so much <laughs> bloodlust flowing through him he's been fighting for longer than almost anyone here yeah that's the thing is like you just keep one hp creatures on hand to snap their necks and just keep gaining temporary hp if you're a psycho <laughs> yeah i'm losing a fight Snapping and i just like pull a chicken out it's like yeah oh shit that's horrible i don't actually want to kill birds that's not what i want to do are you sure this might be the plane for you i eat birds for power 
Like many people. Like many people. When was the last time you went to Popeye's? Oh, dude, it's been a while. I love Popeye's chicken. Popeye's chicken is the bizatch. People were killing each other for <laughs> Popeye's chicken is the shit. They were people were killing each other for their Sandos like a couple years ago. Uh, really? What? Yeah, there's like people like fighting up to for Popeye's chicken sandwiches. You don't remember that? No, I don't. I don't remember that. It was like a calamity almost. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it was a cultural event, a violent one. Indeed. I like Popeye's chicken. I don't think I'd fight someone for a sandwich though. You wouldn't punch a Popeye's employee through a drive-through window for one. When no. They told you they were sold out. Definitely not. Yeah, that happened a bunch. That happened a lot more than once. I believe. I people believe. were fighting each other. They were waiting in line. We're gonna look this up. So that's so it's time to break down Acheron into its various layers, okay. uh, of which it has four. All right. Uh, the first largest and most populous of its layers is named Avalas. The reason Acheron is sometimes known as the Iron Shod Battle Plains of Acheron is due to the characteristics of the first layer, Avalas. The blocks of the top plane are black with a metallic hardness that allows the sounds of battle and troop movements to reverberate loudly. Avalas has the most block-like worlds and the highest population as the armies of the Outer Plains spend their afterlife clashing in neutral territory over differences both subtle and gross. I'd like to posit Avalas. Okay. Avalas. Avalas. Not Avalas. Not Avalas. Ass. <laughs> All right, we're looking it up. I'm going to figure it out right now. Okay. The landscape consists of cone-shaped mountains and pits, plus the iron fortress fortresses of the various armies. The only other remarkable feature of this layer is the river Styx that bubbles up from one pit, meanders across two or three sides of a block, and then disappears down another pit. The Styx does not visit all the blocks, but those it does can be reached by those from other planes capable of traversing its waters. The River Styx is super crazy. It's it like is. It's interplanar river that goes just through most of the lower plains, right? All of or them. All from, of them. From Pandemonium to Acheron, yeah. Okay. Crazy. Um, or from Acheron to Pandemonium, it's unclear. Um, the pronunciation of Avalas or Avalas is not uh, stated on the wiki, and I, it would take me looking up a particular Dragon magazine from like eons ago to... To do See that. if they have the pronunciation yeah, in there. Yeah. Do they normally Dragon Magazine? Do they so normally? Dragon Magazine every once in a while would print out a a article called uh, "I Pronunciation Good." No way. Yes. Really? Yes. And it would have a list of like everything, every god, every plane, everything you can think of. Um, no way. Hard, hard to look up. I'd have to actually pull up a PDF, and I'm not sure which number has the PDF. Yeah. We it's gotta find I that. Pronunciation Good. <laughs> That's funny, actually. Yeah, it's supposed to be true. Something Avalos is a thing, but that's like a regular world thing. I don't know. I can't find it either. So, All right. So Avalos touches the astral plane <laughs> and has spherical portals to the three adjacent planes, Mechanus, the Nine Hells, and the Concordant Opposition, which is also known as the Outlands. It's where Sigil and the, the 16 towns, I can't remember what they're called. Yeah, There's like one the for each outer subsects plane. of each. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So um, the portals hang at fixed locations in space and pass harmlessly through the blocks of Acheron, becoming inactive while inside a block and reactivating when they reappear. Mm. Anyone emerging from a portal into Acheron will start to fall toward the nearest block and will most likely require some form of flight to avoid high-velocity impact. Mm. Uh, the portals are activated by touch, and the destination can be determined by the sound it makes when activated. A harmonious chord indicates a portal to Mechanus. A dissonant chord means the nine hells and silence indicates the concordant opposition did you 
Did you mean Mechanus? I did. Uh, the the old way. So back in the day, it was just called Nirvana. But oh, they, okay. They, it was called the the Nirvana of Mechanus, and now it's just kind of referred to as Mechanus. Right. Um. So I just wanted to be less confusing because we've always just referred to it as Mechanus on the show. Uh, major locations of Avalas. Avalas. Clangor. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Klangor is a cube completely carved and tunneled to house a single great set of barracks for the goblin nations and their eternal war against the orcs. I bet somebody says Klangor. Um, it might be Klangor because it's a goblin clan, so maybe. Ah. Uh, but I thought Klang because of everything's made of metal here. So That's good, too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a tough one. <laughs> it is also the seat of the goblin deity, Maglubiet. The Gloobs. Uh, the towers and walls of Klangor are arranged with deadly precision, precision to inflict the greatest damage on any attacking force. The air is cold and dry, and breath fogs the air. What regions are not given over to goblin barracks hold wolf warrens for elite goblin riders. Uh, because most of the forces of Klangor are spirit goblins and hobgoblins, no great store of food is necessary. However, some heavily guarded stores are available for mortals, wolves, and other creatures that also reside on Klangor. Uh, brought from off-plane at a hefty price through heavily guarded portals. Yeah, it's going to be expensive. <clears throat> Shetrang. <laughs> the fortress, yep. the fortress Shetrang, uh, bl blends into the rest of the metal-carved structure of the cube. The great river Lorfang pierces the fortress with five strong bridges providing access between the two sides. The river wells up from a spring, travels a few miles, and then plunges into the cube again. Maglubia himself lives at the bottom of the plummeting waterfall in a magnificently carved steel cavern dripping with moisture. Mm. The goblins fling sacrifices from the top of the waterfall before mounting a great offensive, uh, usually against Nishrek, the home of the orc pantheon. Sus. They're, fl they're flinging it. Okay. Nishrek. Okay. <laughs> this metallic cube houses the orc pantheon, the head of which is Grumpsh, uh, the one-eyed deity of the orcs. The mildly law-aligned trait is negated on Nishrek because the Grimsh himself is chaotic evil. Like Klangor, Nishrek is heavily carved and tunneled and houses great legions of orc troops. Unlike on Klangor, the barracks are chaotically arranged and the tunnels meander. Where Klangor seems grid-like from a distance, Nishrek is swirled with winding streets and trenches and blotchy, and blotchy with haphazardly arranged strongholds. While the orcs under the command of lesser orc deities such as Bogtru or Ilnevil are content to marshal their forces against Klangor, Grumsh pursues his long vendetta against a more distant foe, Corlon Lorethian. That's right. Mm -hmm. In ages past, Corlon, Corlon Lorethian put out Grumsh's left eye, a debt that Grumsh always seeks to repay. The fortress towns of Rotting Eye, White Hand, and Three Fang all lie under Grumsh's direct dominion. He has residences in each, moving between them in a random fashion. Bogtru and Ilnevil control other less fortified towns, while the hidden orc deity Luthic is content to send forth her plagues from deep within the heart of the cube where her realm is said to lie. Yeah, Grumsh has his eye on you. Mm -hmm. What the Grumsh is up with you, he wants to know. All right, next up is Scourgehold, Hextor's realm. So real quick synopsis on Hextor. Hextor is a Greyhawk deity. Oh, sick. He is the archfoe of Heronius, uh, his brother and fellow god of war. His priests are highly militaristic and organized and are oppressive to those who serve under them and merciless to their foes. Hextor is often depicted as a hideous, gray-skinned, six-armed humanoid bearing two large tusks jutting from his lower jaw, wearing armor clad with skulls. He wields a weapon in each hand. 
Okay. So, Sick. Scourge Hold is found on a particularly large cube where battle always rages. Hexdor's Fortress is a many-walled edifice of iron and stone, bristling with watchtowers and roving siege engines. The innermost structure, the Great Colosseum, is a miles-wide, many-leveled arena of beaten bronze and glass. Here, legions constantly train in the arts of war. Hextor himself, or his avatar, uh, in his visage as a gray-skinned, horrible, six-armed being, often walks the training coliseum, his various weapons a whirl. Um, the mere sight of his symbol of hate and discord, six arrows facing downward in a fan, sends his worshippers into a blood-mad battle frenzy. Wow. All right. I like Greyhawk. The stuff's pretty I, intense. I do crazy. like Greyhawk. It was unhinged for <laughs> sure. Yeah, Greyhawk is unhinged and I love it. There were no boundaries really. It's like I'm just gonna put all my craziest shit out there. Yeah, I um so I was doing some reading about like the the transition from Greyhawk to Forgotten Realms as like the default setting. And it is it is very widely speculated that the main reason that it happened was Greyhawk was Gary Gygax's uh, home game campaign. That's where mm -hmm. it all started. Mm -hmm. um, he left on really bad terms with TSR, mm -hmm. and it was at that point that Forgotten Realms had recently popped up, and they decided they wanted to move away from Greyhawk because they didn't want to risk, um, like, uh, uh, property, uh, intellectual pro property um, issues. Right. Yeah, so that's how that happened. Interesting. Yeah. All right, last up for Avalas is the Black Bastion. Bane's floating fortress is said to be one of the most imperious and terrifying domains in all of Acheron. It is. It was said to be so massive that it strikes out any lingering light in the skies. The magnificent palace is constructed from the darkest metals and woods, like adamantine and ebony, and adorned with lustrous precious stones like jet and obsidian. Bane rules over his realm as an uh, iron-fisted tyrant seated on his throne of skulls. Nevertheless, soldiers from across the plains, particularly devils, flock to serve under his despotic rule. The purpose of all these soldiers is not quite clear, although since Bane has tried before to usurp supreme power, his plans can be easily surmised. Bane. <laughs> you got anything else to add? Nope. All right, let's take a short rest. Okay. It's the grand adventures of Ilian and Beard. Man, that was crazy. A big fire guy come after you guys. You're dangerous. You get off my fucking boat. Yes, it was quite terrifying. Um, but thankfully, we got away. I'm Everything is okay. And it appears that we are approaching a floating portal above the Sea of Fire. Yeah, I ain't going in there. Y'all can go. Y'all get, get off the fuck on my boat. Can you at least take us to the portal? Yeah, I'll take you over there. I, okay. don't wanna, I still don't right. want to see you die. Ben, how is your... How, are, how was your painting hand? Honestly, I'm exhausted. I'm not uh, sure why I'm so tired. You know what? Take a break. It's just so hot in this armor. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I'm surprised you haven't taken it off, quite frankly. Uh, I just need the ass plate off, really. I'm just I'm just going to have that off for a little while. It should be back to normal. You do what you uh, have to. Honestly, I think I need to go to bed. I'm done judging you for I the day. I feel like I'm going to have disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks for a little while. Although that might be true, we, we still need to make it that portal, so. Okay. You don't need to paint anymore. We're almost there. Oh, right. oh we're approaching now. We're All approaching right. now. Well, thank, thanks, mysterious boat driver, for helping us live and get to this portal. It's a pleasure, I think. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Don't ask me for money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh... Oh! 
Oh my god, Bill! Oh shit! Whoa, what's whoa. going on? Uh, there's a war zone all around us! Help me put my ass plate back on! Uh, Help me put my ass plate back on! Shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. I don't okay. have my sword Get anymore. Gillian, I threw it. Everyone. I threw it at those guys. Why, why are you throwing your sword? We're gonna need that. That was a while ago, I don't know. Okay, let's lay low and we, we, we'll make our way through this war zone to, to a place of safety. Who are you two? Whoa! Are, are you here as reinforcements to fight? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I notice you are weaponless. Take the spear. Oh, no. I, you I, take this no, spear. No, thank you. I, I, I don't know, need we it. Got, we need both spears. We need oh, both oh, spears. Yes, we'll, we'll take both these spears. spears. Thank you for the spears. We're, gonna, we're about to jump from this cube to the other cube to go kill those guys. Don't hit. Don't touch that river over there. Let's go, everybody. More oh, why? why? Why are we? Why? Oh my God! We're doing this. Alien! Alien! We here. just got recruited into the armies of Acheron, Bian. Stay behind me. You're so weak. Yeah, jump. Ah! Ah! Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. 
we've returned. Indeed, we have. We're fucking back. Indeed, we are. We're in the low. We're stay, we're keeping it low. If you want to uh, lower lower planes low. If you if you want to support Alien and Bearding, you can do so at patreon.com slash the dungeon cast. Boy, um, I, I sure hope they got away from mimics. Uh, yeah, me too. What do you think they got up to? Well, is it still, still sounds pretty hot still. I have no idea. We're going to find out after the show and everyone else. You already know. Already I don't knows. know. We're, it's just this weird time thing. <laughs> All right. Let's, you ready? Uh, let's continue on. All right. That. Now on to the second layer of Acheron. Zuldanen. Mm-hmm. Thuldanin. 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 That's Thul- the, that's what I said first. Yeah, I don't know what else to how else to say it. We're good. We nailed it. We got them all. Thuldanin. Thuldanin. The second layer of Acheron Thuldanin. appears. Thuldanin. The second <laughs> layer of Acheron appears much like the first. However, Thuldanin's population is quite small. The cubes of this layer are riddled with pockets and hollows. uh, Surface pits lead down into labyrinthine spaces cluttered with the refuse of every war that has ever been fought. Oh, wow. Broken scraps of a plethora of devices are everywhere. Great ships that have burst asunder, toppled siege engine towers, uh, enormous weapons, steam-driven carriages, flying devices of every description, and contraptions with even more obscure sources of power and purpose can be found within these cubes. Most of the refuse is inoperative, petrified to stone-like immobility by the preservative quality of the layer, which turns everything to stone slowly but surely. I see. Scavenging for intact weapons is an occupation for many a team of salvagers and opportunists because many quality weapons and engines of war scatter throughout the rubble of Thuldanin. Persistent searchers can uncover items of fantastic power and intriguing mechanisms which they could use or at least copy. But why salvagers don't spend too long on Thuldanin because creatures can be petrified the same as objects. Oh. The major realm of note in Thuldanin is Lodiger's realm of Hammergrim. Now, Lodiger is a lawful evil dwarven deity of the Duergar, and I believe we talked about him briefly in the Duergar episode a thousand oh, years wow, ago. wow, that's so long ago, yeah. <laughs> Hammergrim is the divine domain of Lodiger and Deep Duera, his daughter. Uh, the evil gnomish god uh, Erdlin also burrows its tunnels throughout the foundations of the plain. Yeah, that's some dwarven-sounding shit if I've ever heard it. <laughs> Indeed. Hammergrim is a realm of gray, light, gray stone and somber clothing, a grim plain suffused with the pessim- pessimism and despair of the Duergar. Um, or Dwergar. I think Dwergar is what most people say. Oh, okay. okay. Dwergar. But for all that, it is, a, it is also a place of great artisanship where Dwergar smiths perfect the art of forging weapons and armor, both mundane and magical. Oh, interesting. Lodiger's Hall within Hammergrim is known as Forge Gloom. Its walls are built of armor pieces, shields, swords, axes, and other martial debris. It has no doors or other means of entrances unless Lodiger wills it so. You think they would fight, like, people from the Shadow Realm? Or what, the Shadow <coughs> Realm? Shadowfell? The Shadowfell, yeah. Um, I mean, there's not really a lot of crossover, but, I mean, everything would be real great if they did. That'd be weird. Uh, well, that's what I mean, is, like, if they ever met up, like, for a crossover event, you think they'd war over who gets to be gray still? I think they would just share the grayness. They'd be like, I like you. You can you can stay here You're as long gray, as you want. We're gray. We should go to Hades and see what's going on there. They're gray, too. That's true. <laughs> <clears throat> Any questions about Thuldanen, Brian? Nah, that's pretty sweet. Uh, right. Well, it's pretty gray. It's pretty gray. Like well, that. that one section of it is gray. The rest is stone. Oh, yeah, you're right. Which is gray. Which is also gray. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so next up is Tintibulus. 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 The third layer of Acheron. Tintibulus. Tintibulus. 
Ooh, I like that. Tintibulus. I'm going with that. Let's do it. Unlike the other layers of Acheron, four-sided, five-sided, eight-sided, nine-sided, 12-sided, and other odd-sided solids outnumber six-sided cubes on Tintibulus. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why didn't they just say non-cubes? Just non-cubes are more numerous. Why did it? Okay, anyways. The <laughs> solids are made of gray volcanic stone, each coated with a layer of ash and dust to a depth of several inches, and in some places, several feet or more. When collisions occur, the geometric solid uh, fractures along its natural fault lines, splitting into smaller solids. The constant collisions create a ringing bell-like roar throughout the layer at all times. Few creatures live here, petitioners or otherwise, but it is an attractive location to magical researchers for its emptiness and isolation. Okay. So, so they can go do all their fucked up stuff here and like not right. worry about it? That's the okay. idea. Um, yeah, basically, nothing lives here. Everything sucks and it's really loud and annoying here. That's that's <laughs> all there is to this place, really. It's like living next to the freeway. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot like living next to a freeway. Um, I think the most interesting thing that you, you would have here is like, you know, you are on the trail of some mad wizard's bullshit and it leads you to his secret research facility in, in Gentibolis where everything sucks and it's loud, but he's able to set off arcane nuclear explosions and you need to stop him before he actually takes the, the nuclear arcane bomb to the primitive plane. Yeah, you leave here with like extra feet and toes. They're prestidigitated onto you. Yeah, sure, there you go. <laughs> All right, finally, uh, the final layer is Ocanthus. And I think that's the only way that most people pronounce this one, Ocanthus. 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 No, it's definitely Ocanthus. It's Ocanthus. <laughs> the fourth layer of Acheron is lightless, but filled with fast-flying razor-thin shards. Okay, what? <laughs> How nice. Some <laughs> shards are little more than needles, while others are miles wide. I don't like any of them. The largest shards have their own objective gravity, like the cubes of the upper layers, as well as a breathable, if icy cold, atmosphere. Oh. Um, the constant blizzard of blade-like shards makes Ocanthus inimical to creatures and objects alike. The shards are black ice frozen into thin layers. Their collisions break them into progressively smaller shards, eventually into needles and then dust. The shards all originate from a single source, the night black boundary of Ocanthus, a sheet of infinite magically carved charged black ice no one knows whether the ice sheet is a boundary or a barrier between ocanthus and some deeper more sinister layer you breathe this shard dust well, it sounds bad yeah it sounds real bad for the lungs it's, <laughs> it's yeah some say that the ice is the source or destination of the river sticks and that every memory stolen by the river still exists frozen into the black ice whatever the truth the ice sheet has objective directional gravity and it is possible that it is simply a shard of black ice so large that it is mistaken for Arcanthus's boundary. This is a fairly interesting plane. Mm -hmm. I feel like the most interesting thing about it is the river sticks though. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, okay. That's cool. That lore you just read is fucking sick. Every memory ever stolen by the river still exists. Right, right. Frozen in the river. Frozen, yeah. I gotta go. That's a that's a fucking plot hook, man. Yeah. That's gotta, a plot hook. Gotta I gotta go, go find memory, yeah. General Asshole's fucking super bad idea that he right. forgot about. Right. So we can stop it. From or, ever being recovered. Or yeah, or get like a wizard's like uh, or I could say like basically like maybe maybe you're you're caught in a conundrum right and the crazy evil archlich is willing to seed his plan if you go get 
a memory that was stolen from him in Ocanthus, but then you get the memory and it's way more scary and fucked up than the thing he was going to do. And so now you have a catch 22. What do you do? Or you get here and you get fucking <laughs> wizard nuked by a Vecna booby trap because he already stole all the river secrets. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Why wouldn't Vecna have come plundered this area already, you know? Well, um, probably because Weejas is here and we're going to get into that. Oh, the fucking Weejas. <laughs> so there are two major locations of note in Okansas. The first is called the the Cabal Macabre. Uh, Weejas, the witch goddess of death and magic, another Greyhawk deity, nice. keeps her realm on Ocanthus. Built on the surface of the boundary ice is a crystalline cra- castle of delicate yet horrifying architecture. It gleams with a pale, heartless light all its own, the only point of light in this otherwise pitch black lair. And that's where Weejas lives? Yes, this is her house. So when when Weejas is in there kicking it, uh-huh. Weejas chilling? Weejas chilling, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. On closer examination, a visitor might note that the translucent translucent outer walls of the ornate castle are crenellated with ice sculptures depicting skeletons of every race in the multiverse. Oh. Inside Cabal Macabre, we just test spellcasters kidnapped from across the plains, though no one ever passes her exams. We just testing. The penalty for failure is death at the goddess's hands, though many of her worshippers consider this a great honor. Weejas spends most of her time away from the castle, walking the boundary ice, and mentally sifting it for memories of lost magic and the memories of death. Weejas walking. Within a quarter mile of where she walks, the continual blade storm of Ocanthus is temporarily quelled. That's almost half a kilometer. <laughs> Next up is Zoranor. Okay. Zoranor. Zoronor, also known as the City of Shadows. Zorno is a mostly deserted city inhabited by bladelings. What is a bladeling? We brought the last time bladelings came up was in the Rust Monsters episode. That wasn't that long ago. Not not that long ago. Oh, they be eating the bladelings or what? Is it a mortal enemy? No, I don't know why they came up. I just remember they came up and I explained to you that we've never talked about them before and they used to be a race you could play in 4E. Are you sure it's not Zorano and and this whoever wrote it's Australian? <laughs> Zoranor. No, it's Zoranor. <laughs> no. Bladelings are humanoid in form, about six feet. That's uh, 1.8 meters. Tall, covered in sharp metallic spines that grow in patches on their tough metal-hued skin. Bladelings have purple eyes that glitter like ice. A notably xenophobic people, Zornor is ruled by a priest king whose tenants give some amount of safety to the Bladelings, and thus they obey him fanatically and will defend, defend Zornor with their lives. Few Bladelings leave their city except as assassins or as travelers. Okay. That's all I have on Acheron. <laughs> That's, th- there's a lot here. Yeah, there's a lot for here. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like an interesting place to flesh out, really. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, like a, a nice canvas. I think so. I just love the River Sticks memory freezing place. Yeah, I think obviously Plane One and Plane Four are are the the sexiest of the four planes. Mm. Um, I think the the rusting or not rusting the petrifying plane is kind of interesting too. Like, you know, um, going down there to find like a fabled thing, but you got a time limit to get out. That's that could true. Be a fun adventure. Um, and then Plane Three is kind of lame. It's just loud and bad, but also I guess there could be. <laughs> magical experiments going on there yeah like the person whoever is utilizing that area is what's important not necessarily yeah. the area itself yeah exactly and the thing is too is like you don't have to worry about the loudness because like if a wizard has a laboratory in in Tintibulus, um 
most likely they've carved out a, a pocket dimension, which will be kind of separated from the main dimension itself. Yeah, so, a quiet place yes, to indeed. hang out, not the, in the ethereal plane, because it would still be loud. Right. Yeah, because the sound travels over. Also, the ethereal plane doesn't exist in the outer plane, so that would just be impossible. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Anything you want to add about Akron? Any questions? Any 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 um, insights? Um, is there a module tied to this? This is all three point five. I couldn't find any module specifically tied to Akron. No, but not that I particularly looked for it either. Uh, it's mostly Dragon Magazine and three point five manual of the plane stuff. Um, a little bit of five E stuff. There's not much written in five E about it, and it doesn't. Akron doesn't exactly exist in a in a way that makes sense in four E. So. Didn't yeah, really include that. I'll start asking you about like sources towards the end of these because we do get asked like, hey, where where's this info? Like, if I right. want to go read it myself, yeah, I'm like that. Yeah, no, no problem. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's cool. All right, all Dragon right. Magazine kicks ass. It always does. Let's get ready for a long rest. All right. Hey everybody, welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the show where. We uh, we have these slippies, and they are for keeping our feet warm and nothing else. And, like, that's just the way it is. And they don't aspire or veer from that path whatsoever. They're also cube-shaped and metallic. Yes, and truly neutral. If there's not a foot in it, it's not for that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, we started a contest but we last episode, but we didn't, like, hash any rules out. We should really announce this at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> that was like an hour ago. That's a while ago. No, it was like an hour ago in like our time. It was a, a week ago for listener time when we announced it. No, yeah, I'm just saying we should have announced it at the beginning of this episode. Oh, yeah, that was roughly 30 minutes ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Um, you're right. So maybe it hasn't officially started yet. <laughs> we'll get it going next episode. Well, no. Let's start it officially. No, this and episode. then we'll also announce it at the beginning. Yeah, because we have the jar of dice up on YouTube. So if you guys go to YouTube, you can see a jar of dice on our display. Mm -hmm. um, it's cursed dice. It's full of dice from a dice company that I don't fucks with anymore. So I don't roll these. Also, um, you probably are able to see photos of it across our social media as well. Yes, Will has been tasked with posting it. Um, the game is to guess. This is Price is Right rules. You can guess the number of dice in the jar. Without going over, then you are the winner. Whoever gets closest wins. Um, I have no idea how many are in here, but we're gonna make a vid YouTube video of us counting the dice. Like the the, I haven't. I don't ever open this jar. No, it's been like this. It's been in the very very back of most of our videos for a long time, just because it's cool to have a giant jar of dice. It's very big. What do you think? It's like a, a little bit over a foot tall jar. Yeah, I would say so. Um. Yeah, the jar's pretty thick. It's got one of those cool metal latch lids. It does. And I've, like you I've, see on like preservatives and stuff. I have filled it up to capacity. There are more than just, a, there's there's all kinds of dice in here. There are from D2s up to D20s. Yeah, every kind of dice you can think of. Yep. Um, well, not every kind. It's from it's the standard RPG sets, like D&D &D set, from a D2, which is a coin, or like a token, mm -hmm. to a D20. Yes. Um. There's multiple sets, multiple colors. There are metal dice. There are large D20s. There are mini D20s. Like, it's a very misleading jar. Yeah, it's not stuff. an easy guess. It's no. Not, it's not, you, you're not going to be able to calculate this one. It's going to be purely a guess. Yeah, and uh, 
the the way you you're going to be able to enter is to what what do what do we want to set entry rules like on do we want to run this on YouTube leave a YouTube comment with the number of dice yeah I think or, that's probably the best way to do it or like respond to a social media post with yeah they can they can respond to any of the social media posts that I that I do post but they can also uh, respond on YouTube okay so YouTube um, or on social media that's where you're going to be able to put in your guess. Uh, just make it clear that you're for that it's for the contest, I guess. If you just like spit out a random number, like we're not gonna know, right? Or do we? Um, yeah, I I would say list it uh, as like I guess this or mm -hmm. you know contest guess whatever. Yeah. Make it clear that it's for the contest. Don't just put a number. Um, and we will count your entry. And how long do we want to run this? Like another couple weeks. Um, I think I think we should definitely make the winner announcement on Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day, fuck it, we'll do it because we love you Day. guys. Because we love you guys. The winner of this contest will win uh, a merch bundle. A merch bundle uh, that we haven't determined yet what it is, but it'll include our new newest "Don't Fart in the Underdark" merch. Indeed, right? it will. It'll be ready it by then. Yeah, we'll be ready by then. And again, uh, to to Dustin, if you're still listening, we will do uh, a promo with with your store website. I just don't have it on me right now. Next recording, we would do it when when we get the merch in and we're wearing it, and we'll do a big push for you, man. And thank you again. The designs are awesome, mm -hmm. and uh, they are listed right now in the store if you want to go there. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. Keep an eye on social media. We'll post the rules of the contest there as well. Um, more specificity would probably be good. Because we, uh, I mean, I wanted to run a contest. We'll hammer out the rules, and then next next episode we will read a script that the details of the rules. Yeah, we got the. I mean, we got the rules pretty much. We got, yeah, made we up, got it here. Yeah, made up on the spot. We got it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is the rules we do for all our stuff. That's, so yeah, that's true. Um, next episode, you can expect some clear cut rules for this contest that we stay at the top of the episode. Yeah. Social media posts will handle that in the meantime. Hopefully, but the 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 don't fart in the underdark shirts will be here. We'll be wearing them. Yes, and then you'll know exactly which merch and how much of it we'll be giving away. That too. And then we're going at the end of the contest, so on Valentine's Day, we'll drop a video of me and Will counting these dice. Yes. Uh, so we'll know how much are in here, and we'll everyone will be accountable for how many dice are actually in there. Indeed. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> where can you find us on social media so people can participate? Uh, you can find us on X, formerly known as Twitter, on Mastodon, on Threads, and on Instagram. Um, you can also follow us on Discord. Um, and that's basically it, but all links are in the description. It's true. They are. Um, all right. Let's see here. Do we have a thumbnail for the ridiculous magic item thing? That one hasn't aired yet. Oh, nice. <laughs> Nothics just released this week. Sick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was so scared. Okay. <laughs> no, wait. Yeah, no, that's next week. Okay, I'm looking for... Okay. What episode do you want to read uh, comments from? Um, We could do the Ridiculous Magic... Oh, no. <laughs> we just said... It's that. not out. We can read Nothics, Ethereal Plane, or... What's did we do that? Ring of Winter? Uh, no, what's the one for that? Just so I know. Uh, Gorgon. Uh, let's do Nothics. Okay. I'm pulling up the Nothics comments. And here we go. 
Oh, uh, okay. So user SK4NG5UD3S says, can you do an episode on holidays in D&D Universe? I guess we could. Um, the, the thing is, when you say D&D Universe, you probably mean Forgotten Realms Universe. Yeah. And that would be the easiest one to do it for, honestly. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe uh, we'll do it the next holidays. <laughs> that would be, would be a cool holiday-themed episode yeah. uh, for, like, end of the year. Yeah. Uh, why did the Nothic have to close its school? It only had one pupil. <laughs> Heart. That was from Keith Johnson, Thank 8721. You, Keith. I appreciate it, Keith. Uh Epic Thulu says none of the origins actually conflict. The Netherese did experiments into the Far Realm, resulting in the arcane blight appearing. Because of uh, because the Far Realm connects to all spheres, the Netherese Nothics were scattered to all spheres. Vecna discovering one ends up lacing some of his books and notes with the arcane blight used when the ink attached to a hidden Gaius, which uh, gives him control over the Nothics he is responsible for. Boom, no conflicts. The Far Realm also ignores time, so even the timeline is negligible. No, okay. Okay. Makes sense to me. Sure. Got a source? <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, let's see. Oh, I have a filter on. I was like, there's way more than five comments on this. Uh, let's see. Ah, creepy Mike Wazowski threw me. Laugh emoji, laugh emoji, laugh emoji, <laughs> laugh emoji. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, that was from Derek Matthews. Uh, T.L. Bainter says, absolutely love Nothics. Had them as the minions of the big bad in my first campaign. They were a ton of fun to run as solo mini bosses in early levels, then as a horde later on. Super cool enemies and yeah, freaky debut. really cool. I love yeah. campaigns where your hordes be or your bad guy boss becomes your horde later. Yeah. yeah. Power scaling. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Jake the Jack says, my theory about their origin is that whenever someone peers too deeply into the Far Realm or studies it trying to understand its secrets and or true nature, they also turn into a Nothic. But also whenever Vecna became the god of secrets, he gained the powers to see through their eyes as well as cursing people to turn them into or to turn into them for learning something they shouldn't have, such as details about Thares Dune or Vecna's own plans. Some cultists of Vecna might learn secrets about the Far Realm and turn to no- into Nothics, but remain devoted to Vecna. That's some scrying shit, if I ever heard it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got got eyes on it, eyes on the prize, eyes on all the prizes. Uh, Brian Roberts seven eight three says, "I don't know what the original source is, but I've come across something implying that Vecna origin may also be linked to Thera's Dune. Since Vecna gained secrets as part of his divine portfolio, he has essentially been tasked with guarding secrets of Thera's Dune's prison. And anyone who learns too much about the Chain God risks being transformed into a Nothic by Vecna to prevent them from being re- from realizing Thera's Dune." That's interesting. Definitely never found any sources that link those two. And I'm sure Vecna would probably keep those secrets, but not because he is particularly trying to protect the cosmos, but because he just likes to keep secrets. Uh, and he doesn't want Thar's Dune to succeed because he wants to conquer the cosmos. So, Raziura says, uh, sorry if I said that wrong. Ew. Fechner likes to watch. He's not just the god of secrets and necromancy. He's the god of voyeurism. Yeah, absolutely. Gross. Uh, Seraph Sans Seraph says, Nothics are nice. Burbalangs are better. What's I'm a- not sure what a burbling is, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, Deacon 6322 says, Merry Christmas, boys. 
Oh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays. We celebrate Christmas, but happy holidays to everybody out there. Uh, it's over now. Happy New Year. It is. It's yeah, the New Year's over. over, too. Fuck. We're recording this on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, Howdy4504 says, I love that they keep the laughs in for Ilian and Bjorn. I'm sure I'm spelling <laughs> that wrong, but oh well. Yeah. Yeah, we improvise. We just come up with like a very, very rough outline of like, what do we want them to do? All right, let's go. Yeah, and I do love, I, I keep the laughs in. It's very intentional. It's easier not to edit them out. But also <laughs> it's intentional. Like, I don't want to do it. There's some alien beers that take more work than others, and that's like, true. They ed- the laughs do you get. I think I edited a laugh out that I really liked because of canon, and then I put it in as a clip at the end of an episode. Oh, nice. So watch out for that. I do. I do put bloopers at the end of episodes sometimes. Usually it's us fucking up the intro, but lately, like, there's now an opportunity for us fucking up alien and beer, and that I can yes. put bloopers at the end for. Um, you did spell beer and wrong. It's B E E R N, but I'm not mad about it. I think it's really funny that like no one can figure out how to spell it. <laughs> it's B I A R N, which is actually really cool. Uh, as like uh, what do they? Call? I always forget the name. An, um, oh, uh, anagram. An anagram of my name. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. I, my I do spell my name with an I, so thanks. Uh, <laughs> Zrodin says, I noticed that Nothics are mostly used to spill the beans on character background that a player hasn't been dropping hints about. They haven't been playing the background, so it's clear that the DM has to intervene to make sure that the that part of the plot gets exposed before events totally kill other characters without explanation. I mean, that's one way to do it. It's one way to do it. I've you never done it that way. Have a conversation and with your dude. And it is something dude. I usually have to do all the time with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's fair. <laughs> but it's fine. I don't mind. You can just talk. Just talk it out. <laughs> so, uh, Magic 725, that's magic with a J, uh, These, which is the way it should be spelled. These guys uh, just need a year of monsters and get it, all this flirting out of the way. That's fair. Um, but you like flirting. Uh, Ser- Serenunos lives. Uh, says, I hope Wizards of the Coast doesn't recognize you guys here. Pinkerton agents hate publicity, and we love poking them. I mean... I don't love poking the Pinkertons because they're scary. But if you do that, good for you. That's mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Fuck them. Fuck all of them. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I feel bad for the Wizards of the Coast people. They're kind of just like at the whims of Hasbro. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it sucks. Yeah, um, it does suck. If there's a Wizards of the Coast ex-employee that wants to come on the show, fuck, fucking we would love to have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday Movies 2924 says, have you all done an episode on the Briganox yet? No. I feel like you'd love those little guys. I don't LMAO. know who they are or what they are, but I mean, I'll find out. They kind of remind me of the kobolds from WoW. Okay. Which is World of Warcraft. Don't Pick-outs. know that much about WoW kobolds. The WoW lore is great from what I can tell. I mean, I know a bit about WoW lore here and there, but, um, and it is good, but, um, I mean, Arthas, Arthas and as the Lich King and all that other stuff, that's all very interesting. Wes, what the fuck? Well, it's Wes WTF 2562. I just like saying fuck. Says, this episode is absolutely great and not for the lore. We do get up to some fucking antics in the Nothics episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, not that Harrison says, my headcanon is DM about to have this his party enter Ithrin is the arcane blight is an infection disease of the weave from the far realm due to Ithrin's meddling. Who's Ithrin? I don't remember. <laughs> so both of the lore on the Nothics is true. 
They're an infection from the Far Realm that exposes wizards to arcane blight, but you have to be an arcane caster to catch it. Bard, wizard, maybe warlock and sorcerer I, too. I find it really interesting that this episode in particular, people felt the need to really bring the origins together. There's a lot of episodes that we do where there's conflicting origins, but this is the first time people really felt the need of, like, no, we'll bring them all together. To That's true. Yeah. And I can kind of see why, like, uh, how they can be looped in because of like the you can do whatever you want with Far Realm is right, what I'm getting here. Right. I don't know. Uh, Nathan Nathan Thaxton seven four nine two says it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> it's because this episode aired on Christmas. Yes, yes, yes um, absolutely. I mean, I had it done before then, so I don't care. Yeah, we recorded it way before then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the the regular episode aired the week before, but the YouTube one. So aired, we've actually on had quite a few episodes air on Christmas because Christmas is always be landed on a Monday. Yeah, I think it uh, like. Two of the two of the the cycle has two Mondays in it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Next year it's on a Wednesday, and that fucking sucks. That fucking sucks. <laughs> Why does it suck? It's Christmas is on a Wednesday. A lot of people don't get Christmas Eve off or the day after oh, Christmas. You're right. Yeah. That sucks. That just fucking sucks. That does suck. I do not like Wednesdays off. Like when I have to work a five day week. Yeah, it's it just it's a weird hiccup in the middle of the taking week. the whole week you off. Can't even really enjoy it. Yeah. Um. Arcana Vorsman Avault 2637 says, Merry Xmas and thank you for the gift of your podcast. Oh, okay, back to episode welcome. 74 because I am watching them all in order. Oh, yeah, we're seeing your comments all over the place. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Arcana Vorsman Man Vault. Oh, Arcana. Arcana. I don't know. The word vor threw me off, but mana vault. No, okay, got it, got it. Well, Merry Christmas, and thanks for binging the show. I hope you're enjoying it. and Continue to enjoy it as, as it evolves throughout the years, every 100 episodes or so. <laughs> Seems to drastically change in format. Or not drastically, but subtly no. change the format. Uh, DrakenX88 says, a great Christmas gift. Thank you. I have loved the Nothic ever since I played Lost Minds module. Oh, yeah. Apparently, there's a Nothic in that. I've never played it, so... Mm. Again, thank you. Great show. But a lot of people have, and you got to remember, a lot of people's first introduction to 5e is through the Lost Minds. A so, Fandelver? A Fandelver, yeah. There's Nothics in that? There's a Nothic, apparently. Oh. I've never played it. So I, I don't know. know. I usually get to the part where there's the big K. I don't know. I just sort of like take that adventure and run with it every time I run it. Right. Uh, Walupoth, hello again, says Nothics seem very much like Magic Cyclops columns, uh, down to being a corrupted version of a humanoid. And loving caves and being creepy, lanky, nasty dudes. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Grandmaster Odium, o Grandmaster Rodimus1480 says, fuck a new edition. Not giving Wizard of the Coast or Hasbro <laughs> any money. They do not deserve it. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Also, it's not going to be a new edition. I don't think it's, I honestly think it's not going to be anywhere close to it. It's a just going to be a re release of the books with updated rules yeah. and like a consolidation. And that's like a money grab in its own way. Um, yeah, but also the edition, I kind of needs it. So it's like it's it's a useful thing. It, it, just, it will be useful, but the way you dropped a bunch of bullshit along the way, and yeah, like different books sucks. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, it's a money grab. Uh, sharks and snake snakes are okay. Sharks and snakes are okay. I agree. Uh, hey guys, Nikolai here. Uh, being a long being a long while since watching an episode. Sorry, but had to take a break from D&D for a while, but now I'm back. Well, welcome back. Sharks and snakes are okay. You're okay, too. Indeed. There's a reply. I had taken a break from D&D that lasted a whole edition. It was fourth, so it doesn't count. <laughs> <sighs> <Okay. laughs> 
You've awakened a beast. I take I shouldn't have read this anyway. reply. It certainly does count, but I mean, it's fine also. Glad <laughs> you're back, I guess. It's none of my business. Or he's fine. Thanks for watching the show and interacting with the content. Uh, Mulgra says, a true Christmas blessing. Cool. MLS4444 says, Merry Christmas. Oh, and Sharks and Snakes are okay, are back. It says, thanks and first. They got the first comment. I'll always remember them as the, the fourth edition haters. No, the, no, the person that replied to that is the fourth edition oh, hater. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'm that's not... Sir Nunos lives. Oh, who commented earlier. <laughs> Sir Nunos, you fourth edition hater. They didn't say they hate fourth edition. They just said they skipped it. And so it doesn't count. But they listen to our show, so maybe oh, yeah, they've that's... realized that they made a mistake. Maybe. <laughs> that's it for the comments on the Nothics episode. Thank you guys so much for Indeed. interacting with the show in that way. It really does help. Leaving comments on episodes is a big deal. So thank you guys. Uh, leaving Apple iTunes reviews is a big deal too. Now we're going to record the Ilian and Beer and you already heard, and hopefully it's fucking awesome. Hopefully. And then Will's going to go eat burgers. Uh, very much hungry. Uh, oh, wait. Did we do our normal plugs for long rest? We did, yeah. Okay, cool. Bye. <laughs> All right. We'll call again. Talk to you guys later. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.